We are the Bros Who Think Network, and you're tuned in to Bros Who Binge. Enjoy. What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. I'm Adam Schubert. I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. Episode 43. We had a real great episode last week. Thank you to Umberto Gonzalez again for coming on the podcast. And if you didn't get a chance to check that out, be sure to check that out because we have a great interview. And he basically explains pretty much what's going on with Batman. I know we're going to talk about it today because he dropped a new story. But other than that, doing well. Also excited to review some movies this week because we got a lot of movies to talk about. Yeah, definitely. We were kind of behind last week because we had so much to talk about and had that interview with Umberto. So we are catching up on Aladdin, and we're going to do Brightburn. So Yeah. And, and we have to catch up on Doom Patrol, which is now done. Yep. So we got three things to review. I think we're going to do Doom Patrol the fastest and then spend a good bit of time on Brightburn and Aladdin because I think there's some things to, to really dive into with those two movies, but... I'm really excited to get started whenever you are, Shuby. Yeah, let's not keep the people waiting. Let's go ahead and get this started. Okay, so the first thing on the agenda today is a trailer that I kind of just noticed when I was watching the NBA Finals. It just kind of popped on screen for a little while, and I was like, what is this? And it was Onward. The new Pixar film that's coming out. Yeah, what'd you think of the trailer? It really caught my eye, man. I was like, okay, because like my biggest complaint with things that Disney and Pixar have been doing is that they've been really slacking on like original content, you know? Yeah, like new stories, and this is definitely that. Yeah, like new stories. Like I'm, I'm, I've been vocal about how I'm not excited for Toy Story Four, but this is what would get me back excited for Pixar again. Is something new and fresh and with an interesting concept. Think it's almost like uh, Bright or Shrek or yeah, I, I would say more like Bright, where you you got um, fairy tale creatures in the real world, but there is no humans in this real world. It's strictly what elves, trolls. Unicorns. Just basically straight up just fairy, like just your typical fairy tale Fairies. land. It just it really reminded me of like Shrek 2 when they went to Hollywood World or, or, or far, far away. And, yeah. But like but like we talked about off air, it's a little more modern. You see them with cell phones. You see the the, uh, the elf like character wearing basically flannel. And, and so it's basically if you put mythical, mythological creatures in our world and see how it. It is. So I'm, I'm excited for this original, like you said, new original content from Pixar, which I don't think we've seen since Coco or or uh, re- Coco was one last year. And then we had Inside Coco. Out. So both of those. Were, but other than that, we've been seeing a lot of remakes and a lot of sequels. And like you said, I'm not excited for Toy Story 4. So hopefully Pixar can hit it out of the box with this one. Yeah, I think the some of the names they got attached to it are pretty great. It's going to be Chris Pratt. Is going to be the big brother, and the little brother is going to be Tom Holland. So, Spider Man and Star Lord connecting again to go on a Pixar adventure. Can't beat that. Can't beat that with a stick. I'm 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 excited to see what they what it looks like. Definitely yeah, take my godchild to see it. Definitely a, a a ways away, but something to look forward to. 
Um, let's go to the next trailer and something that you know a little bit more about than me because uh, you brought it to my attention. But what a cast for The Kitchen, man. Like, the Kitchen, Elizabeth man. Moss, Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish. I know my mom is going to be excited about that. She's a huge Tiffany Haddish fan. And I uh, like seeing Tiff in a role like this. Yeah, definitely. Something less comedic. But she can still bring her comedic touch to it. You know what I mean? For like, sure. It's not necessarily like you're supposed to be funny, but because she's a funny human being, it just it adds to her character. And I'm excited to see her in the same thing for Melissa, Melissa McCarthy. We've seen her go more into the dramatic realm. And this is something that I think can be something pretty cool. For those who don't know what The Kitchen is, it's basically it, it, it's uh, three mob wives in Hell's Kitchen. 1970s who take over the city's criminal empire when their husbands are sent down by the FBI. It's basically a, a DC Vertigo uh, miniseries that was like this little, this comic run, and they're making a movie off of it. It was Ming Dole's uh, 2014 uh, DC Vertigo series, him and Ali Masters. So I'm excited for it to see DC doing some of their some of their more mobster crime stories. I really wish if if we're getting this, shooby, I really wish we can get a hundred bullets because. To me, that is one of the best crime stories of any medium, movie, TV, novel, comic, 100 bullets. So if The Kitchens is successful, hopefully we can get something like that. And I think that would be a great thing. But speaking on this, like you said, dope to see Tiffany Haddish, Melissa McCarthy, and Elizabeth Moss. I'm definitely going to check this out. And Dom Howe Gleason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. nice to see him do something other than Star Wars. And he looks pretty interesting. Oh, I mean, I've seen him do lots. I mean, he was in Harry Potter. He's oh, in yeah, this movie called is. About Time. Um, he's he's been around besides Star Wars. He's got some but, films. But you, I just meant his post Star Wars era, for sure. Because now that he's becoming more of a household name. But speaking on DC, we already knew about the new. No, hold up, hold up, hold oh, up. No, I wanted to say that about the kitchen. That um, I I think that you probably will get your wish, and I think that the marketing is really good on this for them not. To market this as a DC movie, I think is a plus. Not knocking anything on DC, but I think people need to think of this as just its own kind of thing and not necessarily under the comic book movie cloud. No, I agree. It's, it's, it's dope, but I, I, I just think general audience needs to get over the fact that it's if it's a comic book movie, just let it be. It, it like so many like Sin City is a comic book movie. Uh, the the Kingsman's a comic book movie, but I agree with you. I, I, I like no, I mean, it's not the, even that it's a comic book movie. It's just that if you think about it in the superhero realm, like Kingsman is a comic book movie, but it's not a comic book movie in Superman's world. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No, so 100%. like when you when you when you put think when you make people think of something like like in, in that in that's world, they expect to see a Cape Crusader. You know, they expect to see a, a superhero. And I'm glad that they're not marketing it in such a way. But uh, the funny thing is, when I first saw it, I wouldn't have thought it was DC because when I see Hell's Kitchen, I think Daredevil. Oh yeah, no one, yeah. But uh, um, but nonetheless, they have all those good things in there in the Vertigo line. I I just hope they expand on that because there's a lot of great stories to be mined from that line. But speaking on DC, we've known about this New Gods movie for a while, and now we're getting a really dope update. New Gods movie has found a co-writer to be to write alongside Ava DuVernay, and they're looking like they're going to be really partners on this. They posted a, a picture of themselves. It's going to be none other than Tom King. For those who don't know who Tom King is, he's the writer on the current Batman run. He's written Nightwing. He's written Swamp Thing, The Vision. But 
what he just won an Eisner Award for is none other than Mr. Miracle. For those who don't know who Mr. Miracle is, he's a part of the New Gods. He is, I believe, a part of... Uh, he, he, I think he's part of Darkseid's uh, Dark Cabal, but I know he's the husband of Big Barter, who's definitely part of Darkseid's Cabal, and I think they try to escape from Darkseid, but I, I'm not 100% sure if he's... Uh, if he's part of New Genesis. No, no, he is part of New Genesis, yeah. Yeah, Scott-free. he is. Yeah, he is part of New Genesis. But yeah, his wife is part of Dark Side's Cabal. But this is dope because getting Tom King to write with uh, Ava DuVernay, it shows that they're going to really take this source material close. And, that, and who knows, we might get a Mr. Miracle more led movie more so than any other New Gods. And I think that would be very interesting because it allows you to not only see the New God side of it with New Genesis, but as well as the apocalypse side with Dark Side. I'm excited for this. Truly, this yeah. Tom King excites you. Yeah, man, you know, the thing about New Gods is you forget that it's coming out, kind of, because it's been so under the radar. There hasn't. This has really been the first news we've heard in a while. And, of course, there's no, like, film or any uh, anything of it. And I'm actually probably more excited about this right now than Birds of Prey. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, because especially with the news that you just gave me with Tom King, someone who's right, who wrote M- Mr. Miracle himself, like yeah, I mean, an, an award-winning Mr. Miracle runner. Exactly. Too. I mean, who who better is going to know the character? This is something that DC directors should have been doing from the jump, getting yeah. someone who's been on their who's been in the comic, writing the comics, creating the character. That's the kind of person that you need in the room. No, I agree. So, so I think Ava DuVernay is just showing why she's such a great director, getting the right minds to put in the, but to to get the lore right in New Gods. And I mean, I've, this New Gods is something that I've kind of been getting introduced to um, through lots of different ways in DC right now. I mean, what the Young Justice has a run with them right now. Yeah. Uh, I just saw another thing with New Gods in it. So I mean, I, I really like. Learning about the new gods and Mr. Miracle and Big, and Big Barter and all of that, like it's been, uh, so I'm kind of really excited about this and just having no, knowing that someone who knows the actual story and the characters in the room, I think that makes this more exciting of a movie than some of our bigger movies because this one might be done the best. I give I give her credit because it, it, my mom always told me when when you're not smarting someone go learn or get someone who's smart to help you in that subject. It doesn't hurt to say that yo I'm not the brightest in this field and that just shows that Ava DuVernay is a good filmmaker because who would think Ava DuVernay is, knows a lot about not to say she doesn't but she's a great filmmaker. That doesn't mean she has to know everything about comics and she would go get someone who does, who wrote one of the best thing, one of the best Mr. Miracle runs ever and who understands how new gods work. So I'm super, super excited to see not only just Scott Free, but High Father and all the sons of High Father in the, and of uh, the brothers of Scott Free uh, in New Genesis. So this is going to be dope. I'm super, super excited for this. And next up, let me just give a quick Batman casting update, courtesy of our guy Umberto. He not only did he drop the New God story, but he dropped this Batman update that Nicholas Holt and Robert Pattinson are going to do tests uh, to see how they look inside of the costume, and then they're going to start doing uh, pre-production and start getting ready to film for the film come quarter one of 2020. So we should have an official casting. Coming up soon after this this testing, but Shuby, I'm all for Battison. Hashtag Battison for Batman. You know, I, I saw that that, that that little hashtag you're running. 
does this excite you, this casting update, that we're getting closer and closer, and that they set down a filming date? Um, well, I'm glad it's a, you know, they're testing it out in the Cape, because I honestly think that Robert Pattinson's going to look way better in, in the actual Batman suit, uh, suit than Nicholas Holt is. So oh, we're just going to get this figured out real quick. Yeah, and we need to, because if we need to start casting not only him, but the rest of the movie. But I said on my tweet or whatever, what if this would have been... Because the way Umberto tweeted it, it was kind of like Nicholas Holt and Robert Pattinson are going to test for the role of Batman. I was like, man, what if this was like a televised event and people were just live <laughs> tweeting who they wanted as Batman? Like, I think that might be the future of casting. Like you, the, heard it, you heard it here first. American Idol, but for cast. That'd be hilarious, bro. Oh it my would, gosh. It would solve a lot of uh, people who are too worried about Twitter to, um, uh, responses, you know? Yeah, that'd be Twitter, Twitter would be able to, to create the content. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's that'd some Black crazy. Mirror shit right there. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, man, I'm I super excited to find out what comes out of this. Hopefully it's Battinson because I feel that, you know, once we kind of got that news that he was kind of the front runner here, I think we've all kind of accepted that he's the right guy for the the role. And if you... It's- if you go Nicholas Holt, man, I'm not gonna. Yeah. He's the Rid- he's more Riddler. He's more uh, Scarecrow. He has a he's, villainous look. He, yeah, he looks like Scarecrow because he looks like uh, Killian Murphy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd accept him as Scarecrow or Riddler, or even if you do a suave Penguin, I'm cool with him. But but just not Batman, bro. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna jump the notes real quick, just because we mentioned her earlier. Uh, when they see us is gonna be on Netflix really soon. The limited series, Ava DuVernay is behind that. Have you seen the trailers slash uh, marketing for that, Lyndon? Yeah, that's the the Central Park Six, uh, Central Park Five. Super yeah. excited to see this. Ava DuVernay did uh, the 13th documentary, which was talk, talking about the. Um, prison industrial, like, just the uh, prison society in uh, America and just talking about how African-Americans went from slaves to getting into this uh, justice system that we have today. And it was just dope documentary. So to see her step in that world again with the Central Park Five but do it more so in a movie format, super, super excited to see this. Yeah, man. I've really... I'm really interested in what I've seen so far with it. And I kind of love retellings of real stories and something that is as serious as this issue of people we've seen so many times even sometimes regardless of race people being forced coerced into confessions and being forced into the justice system just because they can't do anything otherwise they have no control whether they're poor sick or dumb yeah so it shows how corrupt the system is yeah it's it's, so I, i really am excited to see this Netflix limited series. I know they're making an Emmy push, so that just makes me even more excited that it's going to be some real quality content. No, I'm uh, with but you. The next little bit of news here I have is that Mark Webb is in talks to direct a live-action remake of Snow White. Uh, I'm so mad on this, bro. How many more Snow Whites are we going to... Didn't we just get Snow White and the Huntsman? Like, right? If it's, not, if it's not Disney, I don't care. It is Disney. Oh, it is Disney. This oh, is the... This is the Disney live-action remake of Snow White. Oh, I thought you said direct live-action. Okay, okay, Disney live-action. Oh, okay, well, that's a little different. All right, well, look, 
I'm not really into the princesses. I'd much rather see a, a Little Mermaid live action before Snow White, which I, I believe will more than likely happen. But good for Mark Webb after the Spider-Man fiasco. Yeah, uh, well, Mark Webb really is like more of a. T- has, oh, he's always kind of been more of a TV guy, uh, doing and a movie music video guy. So I think that they're kind of bringing him in more for his music side. Mm. The best movie he ever did was Five Hundred Days of Summer. Oh, okay, okay. But I don't remember Snow White having to... Oh, well, yeah, she did sing. Yeah, yeah and, and they brought in the La La Land songwriters to come in to write the original music for it. Okay, okay. Well, good good, good on Mark Webb. So we'll see about that, but I definitely am not... haven't been asking for another Snow White movie, regardless of whether it's Disney or not. Um, yeah, no, what no we, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. be like the sixth one in ten years. It's so much Seems like it. Snow White content, man, which is just not needed in the in the marketplace right now. But who am I to say that? Let these young girls get their uh, princess live action movies going. I'm not. I ain't hating. But next up, we got a new trailer for Rambo: Last Blood, and featuring the Old Town Road smash hit. From- <laughs> I started cracking up laughing when Look, I heard that, man. I was like, Old Town Road. What is Sylvester, bro? Is Sylvester Stallone a cowboy? John Wick, Logan? Is this is like it looks like it's Logan with a little bit of John Wick with a little bit of Western it like. But I mean, hey, I'm I. Whereas you were upset about uh, seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Terminator trailer, I'll say this: that Rambo trailer looked pretty pretty interesting. I, it hooked me more than Terminator. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, if if it was gonna be Rambo, like in the in the wood, you know, like in the jungle, doing old Rambo stuff, like trying to rekindle the past of what Rambo was, I would probably be a little bit more upset with this. But what I love what Sylvester Stallone does is when he brings back his old characters, he flips it and like does something that's more age appropriate, I guess, yeah. and like not so nostalgic. More so than I mean, Arnold. Because, I mean, like, in in the most recent, like, let's say in Creed's, you know, in Creed's, he accepted the role that he's not the boxer anymore. So, I mean, like, he's not going into these movies and boxing, you know. So, it's it's good that we're going to see a Rambo doing something so isolated, more of like a... Um, Final tale, his last run. Yeah, his last run. It's I, I'm trying to remember, like, a good example of one of those movies where someone is like holed up in their house and they got to set all the traps because all these people are coming for him you know kind of like that oh, home alone john john wick did some of that too yeah home alone. No, but no, i mean 100%. like you know one of the you know murder murder traps not you know tax and cars <laughs> no i feel, I feel you but no but yeah I'm, I'm old town road man that, that came out of nowhere i started cracking <laughs> up Lil Nas X getting paid from Rambo. So shout out to Lil Nas X. But next up, Jessica Jones, the third and final season, will be out June 14th, the end of the Netflix era as we know it. Shuby, are you excited for Jessica Jones, the third and final season? Heck yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm mad on it because just, just Netflix is over. Like, the, the Marvel runs are over. This just, I, they're so, like, I would have been excited for it if I'd known we had more to look forward to. But, it's, it's done with, man. They can't even... Netflix has already issued their lawyers to tell Marvel they can't use their characters for at least another two more years, three more years. So, like, by the time that happens, we're going to need to recast Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, and Punisher. I'm just glad we're getting one more. Yeah, okay. You're looking at it from glass half uh, half full. Because I really I really think Kristen Ritter hit a, 
hit it out of the park with this role. I think she did a great job being Jessica Jones. I think that it's a waste that she and um, and Daredevil aren't going to be able to get more because they were two really well-developed characters. So, you know, let's see what... I think it's probably going to be a crappy last season just because they probably mailed it in. Yeah, but, I agree. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Nope, yep. I'm with you on that. Uh, so the bit of news news in in this uh, show today, Disney is going to pull out of filming in Georgia as well as Netflix and NBC Universal. So That's they're big. all going to... They're all going to pull out of filming in Georgia and I assume probably Missouri and other states that passed the heartbeat bill uh, for abortion. Um, that's, that's so big. I can only assume that's going to affect New Orleans as well. So I don't know what that means for some of the future movies that are supposed to film here, like Bill and Ted. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but this is kind of a big deal with all the big name companies pulling out of filming in the States. Especially because Atlanta's film industry is, was booming, man. Like, uh, yeah, Atlanta Black was becoming, Panther was filmed there. It was becoming the Hollywood of the South, and it just sucks to see real-world stuff affect our movies. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah. I, I, I won't go any more into it, but that, I thought that was just you know a big bit of news that needs to be known because it's, it's going to affect probably filming schedules for some, of, for some things that were already probably set to be in some of those states and it's going to affect uh revenue and stuff and jobs in the states yeah i mean it's terrible yeah it's terrible for the people who Work are going to lose out industry. on jobs but yeah suck so i feel yeah. bad for those people yeah but uh but the next bit of news because we don't is, talk about that type of stuff on this show <laughs> yeah the next bit of news is chris hemsworth is not interested in being in star trek 4 I mean, what, what what does that mean? Is that the Tarantino film? Like, like no, no, that was don't... just the assumption of a continuation on the Pine tar- Star Trek because Chris Hemsworth was Chris Pine's dad. Oh yeah, they were supposed to do the the back in so time. They, oh yeah. So they were going to do the back in time Chris Hemsworth Chris Pine across space, and Chris Hemsworth wasn't into it. I don't blame him. Let it let it. It's done, bro. We want to see Tarantino stuff. Or do something new. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not interested in. in uh, Chris Hemsworth does not need this franchise. Exactly, he doesn't. He has Men in Black he, now. He's, he's got Men he's, in he's Black. He's uh, Thor. He's Thor. <laughs> like Chris Hemsworth doesn't need that. I don't blame him. Next, like we're Next. over it. I'm with you, Chris. He needs to go back to doing some more rushes. Exactly, or something like he needs to do. Get him a new franchise in his own, not not Chris Pine's hand me downs. But next up, Netflix has set September 20th release date for Zachary Galifianakis between the two firms, the movie, based on his 11-year-old talk show. Shuby, are you excited for the between the two firms, the movie? I'll probably watch it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I just don't know what it's going to be about, you know, because the last one It's going to be the talk show. But just in movie form? Yeah, it's going to be like, there's going to be some like behind- it's probably going to be based around him doing the show, but like his day to day and like stuff that goes on outside. I'd rather see that as like, but I mean, I guess they can do it as a TV. I, I get it. Okay, for sure. I'd rather just see it, see it in TV show style form, but more like in depth. You know, like give me a little Thirty Rock mixed with, but mixed with uh, between the two ferns. Yeah, I don't know if he just wants. I don't know if he wants to do all that though. I think he's just good with like ninety minutes. No, I feel you. I feel you on that. 
Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Next up, we got Taika Waititi's Akira has set a release date of May 21st, 2019 for Warner Brothers. Oh, 2020, my bad. No, yeah, 2020. May 21st, 2020. Schubert, are you excited for this? Oh, wait, no. I think it's 2021. I, I messed that up. Look at you. I have it on my anime talk notes because we talked about that this week. Uh, yeah, 2021. May 21st, 2021. I got confused with already typing 21. I forgot to type 21 again. But <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm wishing it was May 2020. <laughs> well, I mean, look, they need to uh, take enough time to make it right. He's like doing a he's talk. doing something called Jojo Bunny or Jojo Rabbit something like that is what he's doing net right now and once he finishes that they're gonna get started on Akira. Well, like like we said on Anime Talk, I'm just glad that we're gonna get 100. He's gonna do it behind the manga. He said he's he's loved this since growing up. It inspired him to be a filmmaker. We're gonna get a 100 Asian cast, which I think is completely necessary for this. And like I said yeah. on Anime Talk. I'm not the type of person where in anime, for example, Goku does not have to be Asian to me because Goku's a Saiyan. What is a Saiyan? That is an alien. But for something like this that takes place in Tokyo, like it has to be accurate. And I'm excited to see Taika Waititi's version of this instead of Jordan Peele's because I don't know how Jordan Peele's would have been. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jordan Peele's, as we've come to find with the way his films are, would have probably been taken his own direction like i'm not sure we want to see jordan peele doing adaptations yet so like i think his, his adaptations will be better once we see him once he gets his original content bug out because there's some filmmakers that need that like quentin tarantino is, isn't doing an adaptation until not like it's only now after his ninth film that he's considering even jumping in a world like that so like let jordan peele get his creative juices out before he want, we give him an adaptation. Sure, that's what I'm saying. I think that this was something it's, as a, a huge anime property really needed to be done the right way. And I, I just don't think that Jordan Peele thought that that was what he wanted to do at the time. And I think that's a good decision that he's not doing. Yep, I agree. And I th think Taika will make a great looking world because if we've seen anything from Ragnarok, if he takes that creative style from there and bring it to Akira, I just can't wait to see the world of Neo Tokyo. Oh, yeah, man. I think it's going to be beautiful. Nope, I agree with you. Next up, speaking of something that they're trying to make beautiful, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog has moved from the November 8th release date to Valentine's Day 2020. And it's moved basically because the fans had a, a an outcry of not liking how Sonic looked. And the filmmakers like, we have too good of a movie, so we're going to change how he looks so you guys don't complain about that and you'll take the movie seriously. And look, I kind of applaud him for that. Like, I really do. The fact is, if he believes in his film that much to where it's like, okay, we're going to change how he looked. We messed that up, but you guys give us a chance. At least they're admitting their fault, and they're trying to fix it. I can't hate on that. Yeah, man. Looks like Twitter won. Yeah, Twitter it really won. does. But if, it, it's good. I mean, if you think that you can make it better, and you just... I'm, I mean, my, I guess my biggest complaint here is if you could have done it better then why didn't you do it better? If, oh, the like, first if, time? Well, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, like, they're like, oh, okay, so, like, this wasn't good, then we'll just take a few months and we'll we'll get it right. Well, we could. What was the rush? Like, now yeah. you just look stupid. 
Like, if you could have yeah. taken the time to make it look look better before you rolled it out, then you shouldn't have rolled it out. I think you have a point there. But, I mean, look, I guess they thought that the way they had it the first time would, like, I guess they thought that they might have had it right. Like, they were going for something a little different. And maybe they didn't realize how much people had an affinity to how Sonic looked in the video game. And they were trying to do something fresh. And maybe they, it, it just didn't work out for them. So, like, they, they tried to fix it. Look, Shooty. Some studios would have just said F it and just kept going, kept it pushing. I applaud the man for trying to at least make it right. Yeah, I mean, at least uh, at least they're doing it. I yeah, mean, they could it. just they could just say, well, forget you guys. We're just gonna doing what we it, want. We're just gonna do it the way we want. Yeah, no. So, so I, I can't hate on them for that. Uh, and the last bit of news today is that Black Widow is gonna has started filming. So I guess that kind of confirms that it's going to be one of those untitled Marvel movies to come out in 2020. Yeah, that would be dope. And I, I, I've heard rumors that it's going to take place between Infinity War and Endgame. We knew it was going to be a prequel, but I didn't know it was going to be that soon. If rumors turn out to be true, that'll be an interesting time period to see what Nat's doing. But I kind of hope it's before then, because I want to know more about Nat's backstory or... See, I want to see Budapest. See, I don't. I think because of the, her current age, they're not going to go earlier. Oh, than Infinity War. oh okay. I because I, I think I mean, it's she it's she just. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think she looks the same, but I don't know. I think maybe they're just going to try and stick with the time period. I'm. I would be really interested to see the time period in between Infinity War and Endgame because I want to know what that world was like. Yeah, she was leading up the team. She was the head of the team and making sure everybody was safe. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to get, like, major cameos here, but I think we might get Okoye. Yeah, we could see War Machine. War Machine. I think we could see anybody from that council not named Brie Larson. Yeah, probably so. So, but, I mean, look, I'm excited for Black Widow. Yeah, I think Black Widow is going to be interesting. I can't wait to see what they give us, uh, I guess, probably sometime around Christmas, a trailer. Yeah. No, probably not. Probably. Or, or probably next year. Super- probably next, next year. year. Probably with, in the first rollout with the first Super Marvel Bowl. Yeah, I think Super, Super, Bowl. Super Bowl would be a good, good uh, guess. But, Shuby, that's all we got this week for the news. Lead us into the box office breakdown. So this this week in the box office breakdown, we're doing six because um, I feel like there were six worthwhile movies to go see in the theater, which was okay. it's, it's kind of a great time for movies. I just realized looking at the schedule for the summer, it's like every week there's going to be something worth seeing. And word, I, and the movie theater I went to today was actually super crowded for a Thursday night, so I was really surprised. Yeah, and we will be back doing uh doing our five words or less reviews. For I we're gonna do it for Toy Story as as we're I'll, I'll try to do it for Wait, we're gonna huh? we're gonna do Toy Story Lion King. We're definitely doing Lion King, but I I kind of want to do Toy Story to hear if the fans like it or not. You know what I mean? Oh man, I didn't realize I had to watch Toy Story. Hell yeah, you gotta watch Toy Story. Okay. We gotta let the people we gotta let the people know if it's good or not, but. Shoot, what we got all what we got kicking off at number six for the box office. Well, number six is Brightburn, which hey, I, we'll talk I would about be that later today. I would be surprised by, but the, 
the five in front of it seem like movies that would probably be in front of Brightburn. Uh, number I, five. Oh, I, I just, just, no, just real quick. I don't think I can hate it. That numbers. I think that number six spot is good. I think we'll see Brightburn stick around at that five, four, six range due to word of mouth. But I wouldn't expect it to start off higher, especially against these crops of movies. Yeah. Um, so, number five is Booksmart, which is the coming of age. Uh, yeah, the teen movie, the te- the, yeah. the 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 new super bad coming of age style movie. Yeah, they. I've read some reports that they're really disappointed about the numbers that they've gotten, but I think you know it's just really hard for where they came out at, and uh, I th- I'm hopefully word of mouth will get around and people will go out to see it. Yeah, I hope I hope the teens of this generation really connect with this movie, man, because like it's, like we talked about on the main show, coming of age movies really stick with like stick with you as you grow up. Well, it's, it's kind of going to start this start this thought process with people, and I don't know if people have already been thinking about it, but I definitely have, is what is the market for dramas and, you know, non-action, non-franchise, non-horror? Non-horror. I mean, yeah, I guess horror makes it in the box office because people go see it in the, in the big screen, but that's the thing. Like, I don't think... I don't think a lot of people are going to go see movies like Booksmart in the theater. You think that's more of a Netflix stay-at-home type movie? Yeah. Interesting. Well, as we continue doing this pod, that's going to be something we have to pay attention to as we get more dramas coming out later in the year. For sure. Um, Number four is Detective Pikachu, which is pretty solid that Detective Pikachu is still staying in that four spot. Yeah, man, it's it's one of the only family friendly movies out right now, so I expect it to uh, keep staying up up there in the box office. Uh, number three is Avengers Endgame, the lowest we've seen it in a while. Yeah, the lowest it's been since like it's always been at two. So what took it out of the the second spot? John Wick Chapter Three. Ooh, shout out to John. Yeah, you knew John Wick was gonna stay in there, but ooh, I wonder what number one is. And number one is Aladdin. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Why, uh, did why uh, Avengers Endgame is went low? But can you look at what Disney has done? We have Endgame that made that broke records. They had uh, Captain Marvel, which made a billion. They have now Aladdin, which kicking butt. Dumbo was their only loss of the year, but it didn't do terrible. It just was a loss. And then Lion King's coming up. Disney's gonna make close to like five billion dollars this year just with four movies i mean technically they get the money for x-men right yeah they do because they own it (laughs) yes they do holy shit that's crazy but just think about that captain marvel avengers endgame lion king and aladdin depending on how aladdin and lion king do they can come close to making five billion dollars just with those four movies alone yeah, so I guess they can film wherever the heck they want. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They're not worried about Georgia. <laughs> they ain't worried about. Ain't Georgia worried about needs anything. Disney. Disney doesn't need Georgia. Heck no. All right. Uh, so that's it for the box office. Let's get into the movie on the rise. Shuby, do you want me to go first? Or you go first. Oh, I'll go first. Um, well, my movie on the rise isn't something that came that's coming out this weekend. It's something that came out last weekend that I got to check out, and it's The Rim of Rim of the World. And I think a lot of people probably saw it on their Netflix when it pops up. It kind of looks like a kid's movie. It is semi, semi a kid's movie, but it's more like the classic coming of age that anyone of any age can relate to. Um, 
it's about four kids that get in, that come together in the middle of a kind of an alien Independence Day kind of attack, and they end up going on a mission that ends up saving the world. So it's uh, it's a fun. It's a fun hour and a half to 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 watch on Netflix. I think it's a little more than that, but you know, it's a nice little film to watch on Netflix. One hundred percent. Well, I got two this week. I'm gonna give that a shot. I'm gonna check it out. I'll give it a good coming of age movie with a little twist. This week I got two. I was gonna say Godzilla first, but then I was like, I haven't seen it, so I want to recommend something I've seen. Brightburn, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not gonna say anything about it until we get to the review, but. Go see that movie if you're not only a horror fan, if you're a comic book movie fan, or if you like action movies and thrillers, suspense, go check that movie out. Next, I want to mention Mark Caesars. He just dropped his comedy special called Comedy Money. I want to put that on the movie on the rise. You can check that out on gumroad.com on search Comedy Money and search Mark Caesar. It's one of the best specials I've seen in years. Super, super funny, and it's hilarious. You guys should check that out. But that's what I got for my movie on the rise this week, Chibi. Yeah, man, I can't look at thirty-year-old women the same after comedy money. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers, one hundred percent. But let's get into our reviews for this week. Uh, let's start off with Doom Patrol. Let's just knock it out. Okay, so we got to start with the one before the finale first, huh? The pen, the penultimate patrol. Yeah, that one uh, was weird because that's where it, they have the orgies in the city. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Flex Mentalo makes them all have an orgy. I mean, orgasm. Yeah, that that was a really funny scene. Like, Danny and the whole thing. The whole team, like, every, from Rita to, yeah. to, to Jane. Like, everybody was just having an orgasm, and they couldn't control it. That shit was hilarious. But Penultimate Patrol really goes into the Niles Calder thing that I was expecting because the thing that makes Niles Calder different than Professor X is Niles Calder causes everybody's accidents. Yeah, well, you kind of buried the lead there. That was the near the, the end of the episode. Yeah, but you just wanted to throw that out there, you know. Yeah, so pretty much they go into that white space and we see them all kind of face a chance to redo their past lives and we see them all as we've seen their character development throughout the season kind of come to grips with starting their life anew yeah they've accepted the fact that these things aren't what ruined our lives these things are what makes us stronger and and we wouldn't change it for anything yeah so i really appreciated that sequence in this episode because it kind of uh, made everything that we had watched this season worthwhile. Yeah, because we'd seen their growth. That's my thing. Like, if they would have chosen that life, it's like, why did we watch this entire series? The entire series was them overcoming their trauma and overcoming their heartbreak. This is a look at superheroes who don't want to be heroes and don't understand. They, They blame their powers as, like, a disease and, like, things that cause problem in their life. And they've realized that that's not the case. It was just choices that they made, and they had to overcome it. And that was the perfect, like you said, it was great to see that scene because it shows what we went through this whole season and how they've grown as not only heroes, but grown as characters. Yeah, the next sequence that I kind of want to talk about is the Groundhog Day sequence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was after they thought that they had won. They thought that they had beat Mr. Nobody because Cyborg who we'll get to in a little while, 
uh, came and shot him. Straight up murdered him. Yeah, and I was like, dang, that's it? I was kind of upset. I was like, that, is that it, really? That's the twist. They got, they, they got you. They got me, too, though. And so then they get into what looked like uh, a time jump. And yeah. I'm like, so did they really just time jump on us? And then you see them die in, in combat as a team, which was also weird to see. It was like, man, so we go for like four months in the in the future. They become a team and they're out doing missions. Yeah, and, and they, they just die? straight up die. Yeah, like straight Doom Patrol, like real real name, like real name on the nose type thing. Yeah, so. Eventually, you guess you figure out that the, of course, in the Groundhog Day sequence is Mister Nobody, and he's back, and that's when Cyborg bursts back in to save the day and get them out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they kind of uh, cut down Mister Nobody pretty good in in this episode. No, they did. What do you think of the addition of Flex Mentalo? Oh, I like Flex Mentalo. I wish he had more to do in the this the, the episodes we're going to talk about. Yeah, in the finale. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he comes your, back more in season two. Yeah, because he was a mainstay in the comics. What would you rate the penultimate patrol? Uh, I'd probably rate it whatever out of ten. Yeah, out of ten. Uh, I'd say probably a, a seven point five. I'm right there, which I, I'd say seven 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 eight. I thought it was a good episode. Yeah, Solid. I thought it was a good episode. It definitely rewarded some of. It definitely Everything rewarded us for what we've been watching. No, one hundred percent. The thing we didn't talk about is Cyborg and his father, the scenes with that. Oh, uh, where we find out that he, he lied to him. Yeah, about everything, about his mom and everything. That was that was intense because I thought, okay, so at this point, you, I, I kind of was thinking Silas had made a turn after uh, we find out Cyborg didn't kill him and how it was part of the plan, and you and you kind of feel like, okay, maybe Cyborg and Silas can mend their relationship. But then you find out that he lied to him about his mom and everything about the accident. It's just like, bro, how shitty of a dad can you be? Yeah, man. It's like, do you want to get hit in the face again? Yeah, it's like, he can kill you, you know? Yeah, right? Man, like, I couldn't believe that. That it's And it's just all the constant lying in this episode. I think that was kind of the main theme going into the final one, which is why everyone was kind of... Uh, doing their own thing at the beginning of that finale episode. But can you blame them? Because, I mean, they just figured out that, like, after they accept all their powers and everything and accept their lives, they find out that Niles is the one who caused everything. Exactly. I mean, the guy that they trusted the most, the guy that they spent this whole season trying to save was the guy who put them in the situation that they all were in, that they all hated themselves for. The one that I didn't realize that he played a part in was Cyborg's. Yeah, right? I mean, it really wasn't... Too much Niles. It wasn't really too much him, but he was the one who kind of chose who was going to live. Yeah, he chose him over his mom. Yep. And I think he, and I think at the end of the day, he chose that selfishly because the mom knew his secret. Oh, about his daughter? About his daughter and about that he did everything to everybody. Yeah, for, oh, yep. But I mean, okay, yes, but also at the same time, like, why not convince Silas to keep his son? His wife already lived the full life. Like, like Silas was trying to keep his wife. Like, and just say, F Vic. Well, that's Silas for you. Yeah, that is Silas for you. He cared more. Yeah, he didn't care about his son. But let's jump into the finale. Should we break it down for us, brother? 
Well, that was kind of the beginning where we see everyone. Jane's in the bus. Robot Man's kind of helping Jane indirectly. Rita is a high school drama teacher. Larry's a stay-at-home uh, mope. Yeah, he's, um, just, he's just moping around. But I really was cool to see Rita be a drama teacher. Yeah, I thought that was really good, and I was wondering why she had never done that for her character or something that I think that she would have really enjoyed. But she gets ridiculed by a 13-year-old girl, and it kind of really upsets her. Yeah, but, I mean, she's going to brush that off. Yeah. Um, but, oh, well, man, what's... You gotta help me piece through the finale because I actually did doze off for like eight minutes in it. Okay, so let's get into Ezekiel Patrol. So basically, to me, the main yeah, stuff the, of this the cockroach. Yeah, the main stuff of this stuff is is pretty much the the uh, the cockroach and all that stuff. We talked about uh, Rita teaching drama. We talked about Larry and the negative space trying to uh, live independently. And then it's basically they're going through the different years. In 1976, in, in the Doom Manor, we see that Rita, Larry, and Niles are having a good time when the four sides show up. They found a test subject. That touch subject ends up being Jane. In the, in the present, Jane, as they realize with, that they find the test subject is Jane, in the present, Jane goes speak to Joshua at the original Doom Patrol, and she's not handling all the things he offers her quite well. And he offers her a drug that will quiet things for her. She steals the vial, shoots it up, and then the underground, everyone quiets, even Kay. Then they go to 1988. Niles has Cliff's brain and some second thoughts. In the present, Cliff's is seeing alone, bringing the food back to the bus where Jane is living, quietly keeping watch. And then they go to 2014 with Vic. Like they said, they explain all the Vic stuff. And then one by one, all the here. Oh, no, I jumped, I jumped too ahead. Uh, so all the we see that they choose. Vic over Vic's mother, and then Niles suggested that uh, Silas should use compassion with Vic. Silas calls him out, but in the present, Vic's still having nightmares about killing his friends. Basically, everyone's life sucks. Mr. Nobody's happy, and then he reads a review, like some fourth wall type shit. He reads a review of the show that criticized the ending. Then come the cockroach who's eager to work with him to bring about the world. So is Admiral Wisdom. Well, I mean, he wasn't wrong, though. That would have been a really shitty ending. <laughs> yeah, it really would. Like that, that, I could, I could read those. I could totally see those comments of happening. <laughs> like that's so what then, I kind of like about the show. Like you kind of, you kind of are aware of the situation. And I think it's a weird enough show that where you can do some of that fourth wall breaking. Well, yeah, and it's really only Mister Nobody, which is good. I mean, if it was everyone, then that would suck. But I mean, I like that Mister Nobody's kind of the go, the go between. No, I agree. So then one by one, the heroes start hearing the Chumbawamba thumpings and then the, <laughs> in the Doom Manor where Niles is staring at the painting of Danny the Street. Mr. Nobody kidnaps Danny and then Niles can't save him alone. He then reveals that he has a daughter who is dangerous and that that's the reason why he created the Doom Patrol. They all go into the painting for the rescue mission. Ezekiel's now huge on Danny. Beard Hunter admits that he sold out Niles' daughter to Mr. Nobody who's also in trouble because Ezekiel turned on him too. The team then springs into action Rita convinces Mr. Nobody to start narrating. Cliff gets eaten by Admiral Whiskers, and then Cyborg gets eaten by Ezekiel. Turns out being eaten was part of the plan. Cliff makes it in as well as uh, it as yeah, well as makes it in to make everybody because safe. Because Mr. Nobody narrated the cockroach and the rat to make out. Yeah. <laughs> and that was Larry, the weirdest. 
That, it, all this shit is weird. Larry then uses his radioactivity to get everybody out of the painting, trapping Mr. Nobody and Beard Hunter into the white space painting. And then in the last moments of the episode, uh, Niles introduces his daughter to the team known, known as Dorothy Spinner. And that's pretty much the end of the season. Yeah, so I guess uh, what's the thoughts going into the next season? I mean, that really you kind of really narrated the whole thing. There really wasn't... I, I I really didn't enjoy this finale as much. As the penultimate episode? As the penultimate episode, yeah. I didn't I just didn't to me this this felt kind of like just like another episode. It didn't feel like a finale. Yeah, it kind of just kind of pushed along some plot. Yeah, it, it felt like we have more story to tell. Yeah, I knew that we the I knew that there wasn't going to be, like, an ending with Mr. Nobody. I feel like he's just going to come back and back and back. I feel like he's kind of going to be this ominous villain for this that, show. For the show and continue. Well, I mean, I'll say this. He's trapped in the painting, so that leaves uh, next season we can go into more Masters of, Masters of Evil if they want to, uh, you know, get more team, more, like, for both Titans and Doom Patrol, we didn't see full-on team combat. And I don't know if this show is that type of show, but if season two, they want to do more of that, they can bring in the other other people of the Masters of Evil, and then we could see them fight like Madame Rouge, or we could see the brain, different types of heroes. But I'm with you. In season two, I want to see more Flex Mentalo. I want to see yeah. more Dan- Danny the Street. Like, I want to see the full team. And also, I, mean, I want to see... You think Cyborg. Danny the Street's going to join the team? Maybe. I think he might. I, but in that in that regard, I want to say... I want to see Vic leave the team and go to Titans. That's a that's a fair fair uh, statement to make. I I don't know. I think uh, he's definitely going to stick around for season two. I just don't know if tight. I think Titans is adding too many people to add in Cyborg. Oh, at this time for sure. I'm, I'm talking season three of Titans. Bring him in. That's bring what I'm saying. On. Like I think he would do another season with Doom Patrol and then maybe move to Titans. Okay, I'm with you on that. Would you rate the finale episode one through ten? Five point five. Ooh, I was gonna at least give it a six nine, six eight. I'm not gonna. Give Man, it a five. I legitimately fell asleep. Yeah, well, I can't, I can't, can't say none of that. But let's jump to something that didn't make us fall asleep. Where you want to go, Brightburn or Aladdin's? Um. Let's do Brightburn because it's or what? What do you think you want to talk the most about? Like, what are you the most passionate about? Oh, I was probably the most passionate about Brightburn. Okay, well then let's do Aladdin first then. Aladdin was I, I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna hate on it. I thought it was I had once you saw the reviews and just seeing the trailer and just having all these mixed emotions about it, I thought they accomplished a good live action movie that kept me entertained. Yeah, I mean, I walked into it thinking that I was about to walk into a train wreck. Yeah, dumpster fire. Yeah, and, like, I felt like it did the movie justice. Yeah, I agree. Like, it it may not be your favorite live-action Disney. It may not be the most miraculous Disney movie you've ever seen, but I think it did the the animated movie justice. No, I agree. And look, out of all the live-actions, the only one I can say is better than it is Jungle Book. Yeah, and that, but I mean, people have their own opinions. There's people who think that Beauty and the Beast one was better too. I've talked oh, to some. Jesus, that movie. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going that far because Aladdin did a lot of better things in that movie. I'll say this: Aladdin, it, it, it stayed true to the original storyline, and then they added a couple new things 
here and there. I thought they might have had one song too many. The song that I thought was just like when the girl was like, I'm finding my own voice. I thought that song was like that was the original. That was the only original song. I was like, "Mm." Like, no, they had another one. She had two. Okay. yeah, no, she they had, they had a couple. Like she had, she had another one, but that was the one that I was like, man. But then my girlfriend was like, no, because that was her time where she had to find her voice and step out. So I get it, I, I, I feel you. But that was the only one. If I had to say, was too much. But the thing that everybody was I wondering, liked it. I, I thought oh, that was. I thought I, I agree with your girlfriend there. I thought that it was kind of a really great scene to have, and I thought it was a good song. See, oh, see, that's that. That's where it is, that's, and it, and it was a good evolution of Jasmine's character. Like Jasmine, yeah, she she wasn't just a damsel in distress she, in this movie. Exactly, exactly. That's what I thought was cool because also you saw they didn't use her slave Leia outfit. No, they didn't. <laughs> they were like, no, we're not, we're not. We was wilding in the eighties and the nineties. We're not, we're not doing that in twenty nineteen. Yeah, even though Naomi was a Naomi Scott. Snow I think child. that's her name. Yeah, she was she gorgy. But uh, it was dope that she got to become the Sultan because that didn't happen in the original one. Yeah, it makes sense, too. I mean, Aladdin can't be Sultan. What is he going to do? Exactly. Like, he doesn't know anything. But yeah. I will say the, the, the crux of this movie, this movie would not work if Will Smith wasn't as good as he was. Yeah, Will Smith did great. I think everyone was kind of really worried about the initial trailer, but I think, I think even the genie stuff looked good. It didn't really... It didn't throw me out of the movie. It didn't, yeah, it didn't throw me out the movie. I thought it was all pretty done well. And Will Smith definitely doesn't do a, a Robin Williams impersonation. He does Will Smith as the genie, and I think it really works. No, it does. And that was something that when people were like, Will Smith is a genie. But you got to think, after Robin Williams, who else could you have seen do the genie and make it his own? If you take any other comedian, they're going to try to do some impersonation. Will Smith is just a happy-go-lucky guy, and he brought his Will Smith flair. I thought adding the rapping to it, the beatboxing, his dancing stuff. Like, when they made Aladdin do that dancing scene, I thought that was dope. That's an original scene to add. Like, all that stuff was dope. And I love Jafar. Yeah, Jafar was a really great villain. I mean, he was... uh... He was more menacing he, in this. He was more menacing. He it worked better that with his age wise that he was trying to marry Jasmine because it was way more creepy in the thing because he looked like a you know a old man. He an looked old like man. He looked like the Sultan's homie. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I liked uh, the way they did Yago. Oh, so you liked Yago? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you can't have a talking parrot. I guess you're right. I'm yeah, with you on that. Yeah, you couldn't have a talking parrot. And I mean, Abu, I, I guess you know I really enjoyed the cartoon monkey look, but I got into it. It worked. It, I, it worked for me. Yeah, I like the carpet the most out of all those three. Yeah, the carpet was cool. The car and uh, the way the an- they animated that, it all worked out. Like- what do you What do you think about the Will Smith love interest? I wasn't hating on it. I just was like, uh, is this necessary? But I mean, it was it worked, necessary. It worked to tell the story. So I was, I was, that's why I, you can't I have the opening scene without it. Exactly. And it, and it worked to, to tell the story. Like it, it, it served as like the narration point. So I, I dug it. What I was going to say is, do you like how in Aladdin, the TV show, it was basically a desert and it felt like that desert vibe. This felt like it almost felt like they were trying to make a Disney live action universe where it's like, Maleficent's world could be somewhere right over the the oat. You know what I mean? It, it didn't feel like Agrabah was just this desert place. It felt like they had lush lands over the water and all these different countries, and they kind of alluded to that on the maps. 
do you feel like this will open up some Disney live action universe? Uh, I guess that would depend on rewatching and you know getting getting it on a DVD or something so I could pause and look at the map. I I really think that was just for that movie. I don't really think that they're going to try and do something like that. I don't, I, I can't see crossover Disney movies coming <laughs> coming into play. But why why did why do you think that Agrabah didn't look like? Or do you think it's just because of filming itself? Like how are we going to get a castle in some desert work? Like you know. I, I just don't know. It felt more like they were going uh, Yeah, for I guess it was more of a desert in the cartoon, but I think they were trying to go with uh, what an abundant city would look like, you know, something that was rich. Like, I don't know if they thought that they could get that done in the middle of the desert. I didn't yeah, really yeah. have too much of an issue with the whole water thing. I think it was just kind of for plot, too, because they needed to have him drown. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. It was just interesting to me how they how they chose that. Also, did you like how Iago turned into the big parrot? Yeah, I thought that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good scene as well. Yeah, there were but, definitely its differences, but I really enjoyed it overall. Yeah, and the only thing I wish they would have gave Jafar a top knot instead of kept him with a buzz cut. Like, why couldn't they yeah. give him a top? Like, he looked weird, just this big, big... Uh, it was like, ooh, that, that was probably the worst CGI of the movie, him turning into a genie. yeah. Definitely, definitely. So. I was like, I was like, they should have gave him a top knot and made him a little more buffer. They made him look like just chubby, chubby genie. I was like, oh. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the best. I think they kind of uh, went cheap on that because it was for a short period of time. Yeah, and it was the end. Like I, like I, every time I saw when I saw that, I was like, ooh, we're about to see the cosmic power. Like that was the only thing. Like even when genie said it, we didn't see him go super buff. But I mean. That's the difference between animation and live action. That's me being nitpicky. I thought this movie was pretty damn good. And the reason why we're not going shot for shot breakdown of the movie because it's basically the animated movie with new scenes here or there. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you've seen Aladdin, you've seen Aladdin. Exactly. What would you rate this movie, 1 through 10? Uh, I'd probably give it a solid 7. I was saying, I was thinking 7.5. 7.5 seven, is good. I'd go 7.5. I'm thinking I'm giving it a solid. I, I don't want to rate it too high because I mean it's like it's not the greatest movie in the world. It's just like no. a very good version of a great animated movie. Yeah, I'm with you. Like the animated it movie did... gets over an eight, but this is like a seven five seven. Yeah, like I think it's really solid, and everyone should go see it. And um, I can't wait to watch it forever. I mean, I, I'm gonna. It's something that I would show anyone. I mean, ooh, the question here: If you had your child, or just if, if you're with a the girl, the cartoons go with, first. Yeah, okay. I was about to say, are you watching yeah. the cartoon over this? Yeah, the are cartoons go over, first. Yeah. yeah, I'm picking the cartoon over this. But this this movie did show me they could do a Hercules movie, Schubert, and I want to see a Disney live action Hercules movie because I think it'll be the first Hercules movie that's done right. Well, we're getting Snow White first. Oh gosh, like he hurt like. <laughs> Just imagine after seeing this, imagine seeing Hercules fight the freaking, the, the Hydra, like cutting off the head and then singing, that Herc is on a roll. Like, oh, all the songs would be badass. Yeah, man, when are we getting the Aristocats? Oh, now, now you're wilding. Now, now you see, now, now, you, now you're poking fun at my, my theories yeah. of what I really want. But I, I think Little Mermaid would work really well as well, too. I think that's coming. Like, I want to, and then Mulan is coming. I'm excited Mulan's for Mulan. Mulan's coming, yeah. Mulan's probably... They said Mulan's going to be more so an action movie drama than it will be a musical. They don't have any songs in Mulan, I believe. And that kind of sucks. Oh, I, man, they should, have, they should have Reflection. I, I, she, well, you, she doesn't have to sing it, though. You That's wanted Reflection? Thing. I wanted uh, 
Let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. But you wanted Reflection? Reflection's a serious song in that, in that it, it builds, it's part of the plot. I get you, I get you. But I'm just, but uh, let's get but down I to mean, business, like, not part of the but, plot? Yeah, uh, no, I agree. But like, I think you could put both of them in the movie. You just don't have to have them sing or you don't have, you don't have to have the characters sing. And you don't, oh, or you don't have to have like background? music sequences. You could either play the instrumentals or have uh, people sing it, just not have like the characters break out in song. Okay, okay. Well, it's gonna be interesting to see because they definitely said they want to go more action with Mulan and make it serious. Yeah, I'm into it. I think it'd be the best one to do that for. I agree because there's actual battle scenes and stuff in that, and that'd be ooh, seeing the Huns fight uh, Mulan and crew. Ooh. That's going to be a good scene. But let's get to Brightburn. It should be my first question to you is with this. Why can't DC sue again? I had to know because I'm literally watching that with my girlfriend, and I'm like, do you, do you realize what this is? She, she was like, I was like, this is Superman. Like, and I kept saying it the whole time. Like, like shot for shot. Like, this is Superman. Like, it literally, like, even down to the point to where, what's, her, what's, what's the lady's name? Who's, who's the actress? Uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks. Banks. When you remember the first scene when Elizabeth Banks is having the when when she's sitting with him when he finally finds the ship, that's the literal scene that that freaking uh Henry Cavill has with uh what's his name with uh oh my gosh what is his name Kevin Costner instead of being like Henry Cavill like oh and when Kevin Costner goes oh you're my son and and Henry Cavill and him hug and embrace this kid was like liar liar. <laughs> It was like, oh, God, what if Superman took every step? Like, wherever Superman did that was in the DC comics where he went good, this kid went bad. And it was crazy. They literally took scenes from Man of Steel, it looked like, and just did the reverse. Yeah, I think um, the misconception, though, is that he had anything to do with his turn. I think it it was pretty obvious that it had to do with whatever species he is. Yo, death. Like it wasn't hit. Like it was his species that that like once he oh like they want to take over the world. They want to take over the earth. I think it was. I think it was a little bit of that. And once his once his uh, powers were awakened, it it like messed with his brain. Like it, it was like with his speed. Like when Superman's powers are awakened, he's still the same. It's just the sun affects him and he gets these powers. Whatever affected him. And that's why I want to, if they do a sequel, I want to know more about, like, his power sets and, like, what made him get this way, unless they don't explain it. But I kind of agree. It's a little bit of mind control. And also, I think the fact that he just got fed up of being bullied and different. For sure. But, I mean, Superman got bullied, too. Yeah, he did. I, w- one of my favorite scenes in this movie was when he crushed that little girl's hand. I was like, oh! Oh, yeah, dude. If- <laughs> It was truly a horror movie. It, there were moments where I had to look up in the corner of the screen, and I was like, ooh. It was gore, bro. It was Oh, the boring. dude with his jaw, Mouth? bro. Bro, uh, when he threw him, when he threw that car, I was just like, yo, this is really if Superman was on our world, and it was, and it, he was just evil. My girlfriend was like, uh-huh, you're always talking about one superpowers. When this would happen if an evil fucker had superpowers. I was like, you're kind of right. That dude's jaw was just on the ground. But then Roy from the office, I was saying the whole time, I was like, I'm ready for the Superman just, 
eye beams to the face, and he just straight br- br- he just straight bright burned him in his eyes. Like I was like, Ooh. through his skull, bro. Through his, I was I was waiting for it. I was ready for it. And then also Ooh. the funny thing was when when that girl whose hand he broke, the mom, when she was like trying to be mean, I was just like, oh, you getting it coming to you, lady. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, she got it coming for sure. Anything I could not. Else? I could not look at the eyeball thing. That was oh, the worst. When the when the bro, I think that was more so worse than the jaw. When she pulled that glass out of her eye, and it, it, it I was and like, the why blood are you pulling this out? out? Oh my gosh! And it, it looked oh, like her God. part of her eye chunk came out, and it just was just. Oh, that was one of the grossest things I've ever seen. I'm cringing just thinking about it, man. Like that was that, so gross. That whole movie was just like they really took it to the gore level. Yeah, man, like, well, the one thing that I want to say is that DC should definitely take notes, though, because I thought that the scenes where he was, like, you know, sneaking up on and on some of his kills, uh, especially some of the scenes in the house with the police officers uh, where he was kind of living in the dark, that's what Matt Reeves needs to take into this Batman, like... <laughs> Some of my favorite stuff about the Batman animated series or or Arkham games is that Batman is a stealthy gets he, you when you're not that looking at night. But I'll give I'll give them this the Batman thing. I agree with you, but I'll just say this: that kid had superpowers, so he can move the he can, like I don't know if they, if, he, if you're gonna believe some guy in a bat suit doing that, but I definitely think they should do the the when Jim Gordon turns his back, he's gone and all that type of stuff. I definitely agree with you using the detective mode to, like, sneak in and, and doing that. But the reason why that looks so dope is because that kid had super speed. But I want to ask you a question. Could he control technology? I never understood. Like, did, could his mind, like, do stuff to technology? And if so, he is OP. I thought he could, like, send out some kind of magnetic pulse because, like, I think that that's why the radio wouldn't work. Mmm, okay, okay. I feel you because I was, I was And, like, the lights the couldn't work on the car. And he would turn off, like, you remember when he went that girl's and, room and, like, all that shit would turn off? Yeah, the backlight and the yep. alarm. Yeah, man. That that was crazy. So, also, did you stay for the credits? I stayed for the beginning parts of the credits where he shows all of the, 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 all the uh, news stories and then, like, yeah. the Aquaman, the Wonder Woman. <laughs> Pretty much. And then you see the Flash. Because they have yeah. that red blur, and then the I, I felt like the question was Batman, but they couldn't get away with doing some, because uh, <laughs> they couldn't shoot. Like, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Flash, you could get away with saying, oh, yeah, that's not them. But if if, if that question would have came out and you just saw some pointy, they'd have been like, oh, dog, y'all pushing it. Like, they they have the, they have the crime syndicate before DC does. That's crazy. <laughs> Like, I, I, the whole time t- I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, where's Lex Luthor? Like, we need Lex Luthor to come stop this Brightburn motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, man, that would have been hilarious if they if they would have been like, okay, well, we need a specialist, and then like some bald yeah. dude comes in and he's like, a specialist. But I mean, the sheriff was the only one who knew, and then he died. Yeah. How smart was it that that kid? He sees that plane, he's like, oh, I'm gonna just make this look like a plane crash. That, he he got smart towards the end because in the beginning he was just killing people recklessly. Like I thought, the, I thought he got smart right when he killed his uncle. When he made it look like a car crash, but I agree with you. At first, when he was just killing, I was like, "Oh, you're gonna get caught." But then at the end, he was like, "Oh no, no, I'm gonna make it look like a plane crash." Yeah, that was smart. I was like, "You, you evil, evil son of a gun." Yep. And my, the thing is, I was, also I was like, "Where's his kryptonite?" It was his ship. His ship. Could yeah, some kind of uh, yeah, some kind of glass or something. 
Some type of the metal on his ship. Metal, yeah. So, so I wonder if, if there is a Lex Luthor or some specialist, will he be able to get his kryptonite? Because I, I think that kid has control of that ship now. He ain't letting that go. Oh, no way, yeah. He's definitely not going to let that go. And I think maybe having the plane crash kind of made it to where no one was looking for it. Exactly. And then I'm, ooh, if they do a Brightburn sequel and bring the Wonder Woman and Aquaman in, that's going to be crazy. Like, I wonder what they look like. They, they made the, the Wonder Woman look more like a witch-type character. But the thing you got to remember about this is that it's not a superhero movie. It's a horror movie in its core. Like, it's not really world-building. And I, don't, and I think a Brightburn sequel wouldn't really world-build as much as would just be another scary story. That's what, that's what, huh. but I don't know, Shuby, they, they, so you're telling me they're not trying to world build by putting that Michael Ripper thing in there? Or you think that was just for like, ooh, just, just to, just to get people talking? I think it was probably just to get people talking. Um, based on what we saw in the box office, I don't know if they're going to be confident enough in putting another Brightburn out. But they didn't put a lot of money into it. Well, I could see that. And that's the other thing. So if they make, as long as they make uh, make their money back and just make a little bit of money on top, that calls for a sequel. They just can't take a loss. As long as they don't take a loss, I think we'll get a Brightburn sequel. Well, then James. go out and see Brightburn, people. I think it's I think it's a good movie. What would you rate it one through ten? Um, I'm rated higher than Aladdin. Oh, really? I'm putting it like a six five. I mean, it's a horror movie, man. Probably even the six. I guess it's a whatever, man. Oh, look at you. Well, no, I mean, it's like, I'm just not a horror movie guy, man. Like, there's, I don't want to watch all that That bloody gore every day. I didn't think that movie was scary. I just thought that. I didn't think it was that scary. And in the climactic moments, I didn't think it was scary. Some of those more isolated moments, like in the chick with the eye, like that, that junk was. It was creepy. Because the climactic movies, the moments were just like superhero shit. It was just, it was literally like him. It was, it was almost like, don't take your eyes off it because it's going to be badass to watch this dude kill people yeah. as a superhero. It was like, it was literally Superman gone bad. I'm giving this movie an eight. I want to see Brightburn 2. Right? <laughs> I'm giving it an eight. Solid eight. I enjoyed it. Especially, especially if you're like me and you're a DC fan. If you really just go in that movie and just think the whole time you're watching evil Superman, you're going to enjoy it even more. Yeah, man, it's a solid movie. It's, but you uh, gave it a six. <laughs> I mean, you can't give everything. You can't give everything high high marks. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> that's but that's why Aladdin got got low marks. I couldn't. I, I couldn't get. Uh, this movie was dope. I'm I'm with you. No spell ready. Go see Go see Brightburn. You'll enjoy yeah. it, bro. Yeah, you'll definitely like it. You'll. Just, just low ratings don't mean anything. Like I'd say, if any of any time one of us puts anything at like a five or lower, that means that we did not like it. Yeah, should be six is just he just doesn't like. I said movies. six five at the beginning. <laughs> all right, I'll give you that six five. But that's all we really got this week, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, um, that's pretty much everything we're gonna probably go see godzilla this week um, yeah we'll talk about godzilla next week doesn't x-men come out june 7th i think so or june that's 10th. next week we'll be talking x-men as well as probably godzilla next week all right well i guess i'm gonna go see godzilla this weekend yeah and, and you also should... you want to know what i heard i heard that it's another one of those movies where we don't see godzilla but for just a little bit which would be yo if they did that to us again i'm gonna be pissed off I'd be really pissed off, like, but I mean, I guess that 
if you're giving me Mothra and everyone else. No, but they say like, all right, I don't want to spoil anything, but they just say we don't see a lot of fight. Like they see, they say it's like the end, like twenty, like. Tw- I don't, Wait, I don't so so you're telling me that we're not gonna see a lot of fighting? I don't. That's what I heard on the streets. Oh my god. Well, we'll know. We'll know for next week's episode. We'll be talking about it next week. So. All right. Well, can't wait to to get dive <laughs> to dive in on all that. <laughs> if, if, bro, I, don't, I just don't want to see a bunch of humans talking about these monsters. Yeah, dude. I don't want to see too much Billy, Millie Bobby Brown panting or, and, or freaking Tom, Thomas Middleditch. Yeah, or Kyle Chandler. Is he in that too? Yeah, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. O'Shea like, Jackson Jr. I don't care about your ta- I don't care about your cast. I care about Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, and uh Rod- Rodan. Yeah, I want to see monsters fighting. Exactly. Like you're supposed to. This is supposed to be the lead up to Godzilla versus King Kong. Like it's called yeah. Godzilla King of Monsters. It's not called. Humans who watch Godzilla, like no, like I don't care. Humans about who who consult about whether or not to bring Godzilla. Godzilla on, yeah, yeah. exactly. Into, into America to fight for them. Yeah. Freaking dummies. But, Fools. But yeah, that's episode forty-three, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, Lyndon, what's going on with the Bros Who Think Network? And tell people we, where they can find you. We just dropped a recent episode, episode ninety-seven of the Bros Who Think podcast. Be sure to check that out. We discussed the NBA Finals. We gave you a preview for it. Shuby actually picked game one. So check out that episode to see if any of our other predictions come true, whether it'll be Schubert, Justin, or, or me, the Black Swami. Also, we sat down with Mark Caesar to discuss that special that I, I told you about, Comedy Money, as well as Eddie Bansky-Gonzalez to talk a lot of NBA. We also dropped the most recent episode of Anime Talk. Be sure to check that out, as well as all the other content on the network. And you can follow us at Bros Who Think on Twitter. And follow me at Berlin Adon on Twitter and Lyndon Burton on Instagram. But other than that, that's all we got, Shuby. Um, yeah, so make sure you check out everything going on the Bros Who Think Network. If you just found us after our interview with Umberto Gonzalez, then welcome to the Bros Who Binge podcast. Make sure you check out some of the past interviews. Josh McCuga, Robert Meyer Burnett. Hey, by the way, Josh McCuga didn't like Aquaman. Weird. Still need well, some explanation behind that. But. Yeah, I might have to get him back on and talk about that. But that's, exactly. But he's, not, but he's not a big superhero guy. Also, Ashley V. Robinson. We got a lot of dope interviews on this with this Bros Who Binge show, as well as good reviews, like Endgame. Exactly. Endgame. Uh... I guess Detective Pikachu, I kind of reviewed that. What else do we review? Captain Marvel. Um, Captain Marvel, yeah, that was a good one. Shazam. So, yeah, Shazam, yeah. So go back and look at those reviews because we did some good reviews, some good interviews. It's been a fun 43 episodes, so make sure you document what is what it's been and see how different it is now. So, uh, yeah, so this has been episode 43 you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at hubert14. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Thanks for listening, and keep binging.